Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. This series is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello everybody and welcome to the first CIM Podcast episode of 2022. There is a hard frost outside and also inside my office I'm sitting here in the deep midwinter in my coat so cold is it outside um, but hopefully a bright future for marketers this year and a better year than we've had in the last few years. We are joined I'm very happy to say by Molly MacArthur who is digital marketing manager at CIM itself and a welcome return to the once known Ali Lee Boone, who has gone away, got married and returned as Ali Cook in her new role as content manager, also at CIM. So Miss MacArthur and Mrs. Cook, welcome back to the CIM <laughs> show. How are you today? Great. Wonderful. Thanks, Ben. What an introduction. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Congratulations. Great to have you back on the show. And, you know, the first thing I want to talk about is that we come back into January and first on our mind normally is work. You know, we've had a couple of weeks off, most of us, and the future and ourselves and our careers. And we also know that January is the most popular month for moving jobs and retraining and all that sort of stuff. But I sometimes worry about marketers because I feel that perhaps we are constantly telling them to get back into the classroom, that they've always got to be learning they can never rest on their laurels and they have always got to be working harder and harder and harder to keep ahead of the game. It does sometimes, Ali, feel a little bit much that we're asking them to do too much work all of the time. Is that fair? Am I being fair with that? I think you absolutely are. And I think it's a very real challenge that most marketers today are facing. And to your point, it is really compounded by being in a new year for we need to set new goals. We need to have a new focus. But actually, it can feel very overwhelming, particularly if you look at some of the headlines around the skills gaps that are emerging, um, particularly as we discussed in the last episode of the CIM Marketing Podcast the digital skills benchmark report revealing massive discrepancies in the level of upskilling happening in marketing at the moment. But it can be a real challenge to integrate it into a very busy career. So I think it is something that we really need to focus on this year and making sure that we balance learning with making sure that we can really focus on our day to day roles as well. I mean, it should be said that marketers are avid learners. I work for a book publisher whose name shall remain nameless. Um, but one of our best performing segments is is marketing you know but marketers clearly have an interest in keeping themselves ahead of the game and learning and making sure they new understand new tools and techniques and new platforms and so on and so forth but molly why is it so much different in this respect do you think to other jobs why why is there this sort of pressure and need to learn and stay ahead of the game I think because it's so fast paced, Instagram are releasing new updates every single day that change what marketers need to do. The data and privacy laws seems like they're changing every five minutes and keeping up with that is a struggle. And also the, the pace of change in technology, the, the things that are available now that weren't a few years ago is, is brilliant. So we need to keep up with those technologies and make sure we're appearing in the places that we need to. Things like, I know that when I first got into marketing, um, 
we would never have advertised on a podcast. It just wasn't really a big thing. But now we need to make sure we're sort of in those spaces. We need the skills to make sure we can advertise in those spaces. So, yeah, I think it's just only going to get harder as things go on. I think it's just sort of a snowball effect with um, technology and how things change. So it, it's a struggle. There's a lot to keep up with. It's a struggle we've got to keep up. It's probably going to get harder. But Ali Cook, you use this phrase overwhelm, overwhelming. How do we then as marketers, given what Molly's just said, that we do need to keep ahead, prevent ourselves from being overwhelmed by this sort of fireball in front of us of excessive learning? So I think it really comes down to focus. And I think that there's, as we discussed, there's so many headlines and stats out there about the skills gaps within marketing. It's about not always um, taking those at face value and digging a little bit deeper into how they impact you in your role. I think there's a tendency in marketing to feel that you have to be this all rounder. You have to know everything and understand each individual part of how the whole marketing landscape works. Whilst that's helpful and knowing a little bit about everything in, within the marketing space is always going to be beneficial. There's so many different ways to do that that don't always involve going back to the classroom. And there's so much to be learned from the peers around us. There's so many more resources now than ever before. I think the really important thing is focusing on what's most relevant to you at the stage of the career that you're in, but also thinking about some ways to learn that maybe you wouldn't have considered before that aren't going to feel overwhelming or that you've got to start from the beginning. Actually, learning can look like whatever you want it to look like. And whilst, you know, we are CIM, we wouldn't discourage someone from taking up a qualification or going on a training course. There's so many more options now, to Molly's point with the advancements in technology, so many ways to learn. So it's really about thinking about what works best for you. How good, in your experience, are marketers at doing that, at identifying the sweet spot of learning? You know, that where is going to get me the biggest gain? Um, I don't want to say for the least amount of energy, but the most efficient way of learning for themselves. Oh, I think it's a process of self-discovery. And I think that something that I've certainly tried to do, not just facilitated by the new year, but certainly this has been a catalyst for it, is to think about myself in the same way that I would look at a project. You know, you wouldn't go into a really important project without goals and aims and understanding the actions that you need to take to get there. And so I think rather than looking at the whole picture all the time and trying to um, tackle the whole, the whole marketing landscape, it's about looking at what is going to be most effective for you to get where you need to go ultimately if you're wanting to specialize within marketing it might not be the most relevant for you to go and learn about an area of marketing that isn't going to aid you in your career uh, to, to my point earlier I wouldn't want to discourage anyone from doing a light touch on certain different areas to give you that you know well-rounded skill set I think that's a really interesting point and it's something that I've read is that you should to some extent sometimes focus on your strengths as opposed to your weaknesses because you can waste a lot of time going around in circles and trying to improve your weaknesses where you're never really going to get to an expert in those areas but focusing on your strengths can be a really good way of like making leaps and bounds in your um, professional development. Do you think then that marketers worry too much about their weaknesses Molly and don't focus enough on their strengths? I think potentially they do. And actually, a book comes to mind that I talk about while we're talking about this um, called The Whole Marketer. Um, and it, it's, it has loads of different activities in it that you can go through and sort of tick which skills you have and which you don't. And I was going through it thinking, 
I don't have that skill, but I don't know if it's relevant to me. But that's that's not the point. The point is that I'm discovering as a whole of marketing, what am I missing? And then you later go on to sort of realise, okay, is that relevant? Do I need that skill? When you're in that phase where you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what you need to learn, um, I think that's the most perfect book that you can go and read and complete the activities and it will um, really show you show you what you should focus on. And another one as well, focusing that sort of talks about focusing on your strengths as opposed to your um, weaknesses is Squiggly Careers, um, which is another book focused on a lot of like um, activities and really pulling on your values as a person and where you should go with your career based on that. Um, so sort of identifying your values and strengths and where you should focus your effort. I think those two books are really quite key. Alec, do you think then that most marketers have done that sort of self-audit, that self-discovery that you and Molly have been talking about? I think it's coming out more and more. To Molly's point, there's a lot more resources now available to give marketers the ability to do that. The whole marketer is one great example. The digital skills benchmark that I've previously mentioned as well, you can go through and complete that at the Target Internet website, find out exactly what your skill set is and where you need to improve. But actually, I was quite concerned to read in CIM's recent Impact of Marketing 2 report that only 31% of marketers feel very well equipped to perform in their roles. And that would suggest that there is a level of self-discovery going on. But actually, what we're learning from that is not particularly positive. And actually, in that report, a further 40% of marketers told us that they worry they lack the skills to fulfill their roles. And so I think if we're talking about focusing on weaknesses, that clearly is happening. And it is really concerning to me that that is something that marketers, you know, feeling that they're lacking in skills, when actually, I would guarantee that if they did go through that period of self-discovery, they've probably got skills that other people are very much looking for and could benefit from. And that's where things like peer-to-peer learning, networking, and um, building relationships with others can be really important to help you identify exactly where you are in terms of your own skills. They're burning up too much energy worrying and not enough on actually improving where they already have a competitive advantage, Molly MacArthur. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's definitely the case. And in marketing, we often talk about this T-shaped marketer, which I think is quite a good thing to sort of come back to. You sort of have a basic understanding of all the different elements of marketing, but you then focus on one key thing. Like This is what I'm going to really be an expert and this is what I want to be known for. Um, and I think that's a particularly good way to approach it. You don't need to be an expert in everything. It's like my role is very digital focused, but I wouldn't be an expert copywriter like Ali. So I think we, you can sort of work together with members of your team to make sure you've got the whole skill set but you don't need everything yourself yeah it's interesting isn't it worry that worries worry is rarely good for us we do it it's a human trait um and we can get into a little bit of a vicious circle with worry i find and a lot of the problem comes from overwork if we're overworked we worried more and the more we worry the more overworked we become and we get into this as i say this 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 sort of circle of doom where one thing uh, leads inevitably to another, there does seem to be a feeling in the sector that marketers are overworked, which might be a trigger for it. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but there certainly anecdotally seems to be a feeling in the sector, Ali Cook, that there is a sort of uh, the labour uh, burden on marketers is rather too high. And this may be triggering some of those other negative outcomes. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, in a recent article, actually, for the CIM Content Hub, um, we discovered that 94% of marketers work late, and that is more than any other job function. Wow, 94%, more than 9 in 10 working late. And that's more, that's greater than any other job function uh, in, in British industry. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah. So obviously there's a, a, a massive kind of power struggle here between the very demanding roles that marketers are completing on a day to day basis. And then this constant need to upskill and to be looking ahead and kind of, you know, putting your head above the parapet and seeing what might be coming up. And that is a real challenge to get the balance between those two things. And I think the most successful professionals, um, certainly that we see with marketing, are those that are able to get that balance right and not spend too much time, you know, to our, to our earlier points worrying about what they don't have and focusing on what's really going to be most relevant in terms of driving their career forward. What are the techniques then Molly? How do you embed these sort of good learning behaviours, good work behaviours which allows you to find that efficiency, those sweet spots in your in your timetable? I think for finding um, ways to learn effectively I think it's um, doing stuff that's fun as, as someone that didn't particularly enjoy school it's really exciting and important to me that I find fun ways to do things so it's like on my morning run this morning I was listening to a really short audio book by Harvard Business Review on how to give effective feedback and so I'm sort of tying into other things that I'm doing if I'm folding the washing I'll have something on in the background if it's like a YouTube video a TED talk or a podcast and um, so I try not to make it something that I'm, I don't force myself to sit there reading really long textbooks about marketing it's like what am I enjoying what are aspects of marketing that I really genuinely want to know more about and um, picking that because I think if it's something you're not genuinely passionate about if it's a topic that you don't you're not really enjoying it's going to be really hard to force yourself but particularly in your own time to upskill um, so yeah I think just finding things and, and methods that um, feel right for you so not not everybody learns well by reading a book. I know that I find if I'm reading a long um, professional development book, sometimes I won't quite resonate with what's being said until I experience that. It could be years later, years down the line, I experience it and then I'm like, oh, this clicks, right, I understand that now. Or I'll read something that I have already experienced and then it sort of, that solidifies what the learning was from that experience. Um, but if you're not the sort of person that can sit there for hours on end reading books, I wouldn't force yourself to do that. I'd find something else. I'd listen to TED Talks or um, I recently got a coach and that's been so, so valuable for me. I think having someone that I'm a little bit accountable for things and making sure that I'm improving and sort of acting on what I said that I would is is super valuable for me and um, so yeah there are loads of different ways and like Ali said peer-to-peer coaching and um, mentoring actually is something that I'm super keen to look into and um, not to plug a CIM but we do offer a um, mentoring free mentoring scheme through our um, membership program so yeah it's definitely something that I'm going to be looking into but I'd say yeah just making sure that it's something you're interested in so it's not feeling like you're working extra it's like a fun hobby um, that you're sort of adding on. And the advantage of this sort of layered learning this sort of learning when you're not learning uh, is, is is that you're, it's a good use of time as you say folding the laundry going out for your morning room it probably had the advantage today of distracting you from the arctic temperatures as well which I can imagine would be quite unpleasant while you're running but certainly trying to find ways of getting it in to as much as you can via osmosis alley trying to do things that sort of naturally enable you to learn rather than thinking that I've got to sit down for a block in a block for an hour and, and read a dense textbook or what have you. Yeah I completely agree with you and I think that the proliferation of learning is a little bit of a double-edged sword in that it can be quite hard to recognize when you are learning 
in the sense that it's become quite insidious. You know, there's so many different ways to learn now. You go on social media and if you're following the right accounts, you're learning as you're scrolling. You know, you're getting tips and tricks and videos to give you ideas um, for your social content or for other areas of marketing. And that's great. And, and I think that's a really, really valuable way to learn. But it means that we sometimes don't recognise that we are consciously or unconsciously maybe learning at any given point. So we don't really give ourselves enough credit for what we are actually doing. But to Molly's point about you know, finding the learning that works for you. Um, in the depths of 2020, I actually wrote a um, content series for the, the CIM Content Hub on finding learning in unexpected places. And one of the people that I spoke to was the Global Marketing Development and Strategy Director for Microsoft, Scott Allen. Um, and he gave this fascinating insight as part of the um, interview that I did with him about finding learning that gives you energy. It shouldn't sap energy from you. You really need to identify ways that keep you motivated and keep you going through to Molly's point you know you don't want to be doing something that doesn't suit you because ultimately you won't be motivated to continue so not only kind of understanding your skill set is a really important part of self-discovery and where you need to um, upskill yourself but actually identifying in what ways are you most likely to take in information and playing to those strengths that you have as well. Do you think people generally recognize that in themselves Molly that they they're able to work out what are the best ways of taking information? I often listen to tapes of uh, interviews, of interviews I've got to write up for magazines, in my journalistic capacity, uh, while boxing in my makeshift gym, which is in this very cold office. And, and I actually find that's quite a good way of, of subsuming that information. Uh, whereas if I were to sit at my computer watching uh, you know, a 60 minute Zoom reel, I might not take it in and end up being distracted by something else. Do you think that people are quite are good enough at identifying the ways of getting that learning into their head without making it feel like sort of GCSE revision that is some, something that you would have to do that's, that's sort of quite hard and, and, and dull? Yeah, I think I think some people are better than others at it, um, but it just sort of takes time figuring out what's right for you if I think some people are probably put off if you try and read a long marketing book they might not ever attempt to do any professional development again but it's and um, sort of that persistence and keep trying different things and just finding out what works for you and I think once you have found something that clicks it just clicks so I'm sure um people will be able to find it quite quickly and I think it's about getting in that flow like we were just talking about how marketers are the most overworked out of all out of all jobs so um I think like getting in the flow of doing something is quite important as well it's like if you're um sort of in the routine of every morning while you're making a cup of tea or making your breakfast you've got something on then um these things just sort of like naturally flow like it just embedding it into your day um I was reading a book at the end of last year. It's, it's, if you're feeling overwhelmed by professional development, this is the book that you need to listen to or not, on audiobook or um, just reading it. It's called The Compound Effect. So it talks about making small changes every single day that add up to this massive impact. So if you, it says if you gave the example of if you read 15 minutes of a professional development book every single morning, in a year's time, you're potentially going to get a pay rise or promotion based off the things that you've learned in those 15 minutes each day versus someone that kind of attempts every now and then they'll do an hour here and there but be really put off by that this big task of sitting and reading this potentially not particularly interesting um topic and it yeah just talks about how far ahead you can get by embedding these things in your day-to-day and -day. Um, so I thought that was really interesting and it's definitely worth checking out that one as well. The compound effect little interesting and often Ali pays dividends. 
It does. I actually also, well, I listened to the book rather than read it over the Christmas break at Molly's recommendation. Um, and I, I equally found it very, very helpful because I think like all habits, your temptation is to start big and to invest. You know, for example, you want to get in shape, you buy a Peloton, you, you know, sign up for an expensive gym membership. You go all in because you think that investment will then, you know, motivate you to do it. But actually just making very small changes, um, whether that is reading 15 minutes of a development book, whether it's just picking up a podcast or, you know, subscribing to a new YouTube channel that gives you tips and tricks, you know, find ways to work it into your lifestyle. Because if you're expecting a big change in yourself to facilitate this new habit that's really hard to achieve actually and it doesn't have to be as all in as some other habits you know make it work for you and your working style um, and I think you've got a much better chance of success. This sounds like great advice and I hope people take that away that you know if you can get this these little nodules of learning these slivers of time you're going to learn quite quickly and, and more easily than if you feel it's something you've got to sit down and do at a specific point in the day for a long for a long period but it's 2022 it's a new year we have to cover this come on we every lifestyle and magazine in the news agent will be using words to the effect of new year new you so i've got to ask you to 2022 what are you going to be focusing on what are your learning priorities this year you know how to learn you've you've, you've explained that to me what are you going to learning be learning about like macarthur um for me i'm focusing on a new area of interest i think over the um, last few months, I've been particularly interested in technology and the development of that. So I've signed up to um, Harvard Business School, do free online courses. So I've signed up to CS50 Computer Science, Computer Programming, um, which fits quite nicely with my um, digital marketing job role. Um, but just a bit more technical detail. So I'm just focusing on sort of free courses that can develop my skills, but potentially sort of move them in a different area, open my eyes to the technology behind the ads that I'm running and how these platform, new platforms are being built and things like that. And um, so that's a fun area of interest for me. And also as just as a new manager, sort of upskilling on um, leading teams and things like that. So sort of one technical goal and then one more sort of soft skills to focus on for me. Soft skills, a mix of soft skills and technical, both highly important and importantly to what we were talking about earlier highly relevant to your role you're not trying to sort of go go broad and shallow you're trying to you're trying to focus in on what's really where am I going to add value what's going to add value to my role what's going to make my job better and easier and more effective Ali how about you what are your priorities <laughs> Um, mine's quite simple, really, and it's just to read more. And it sounds very, um, very simple at a surface level, but actually, uh, and probably like quite a lot of marketers, um, particularly when I first came into marketing, I was reading everything. And particularly as a content copywriter, you know, that's my speciality within marketing. And so I was I was trying to take in all this information, absorb all this content at one time. And so I think what happens when you get to that point is the feeling of overwhelm that we talked about. And you can kind of reach a, a level where you can't take in any more information. So taking the time to really understand your cadence, I think, is very important. But for me, I've set myself the um, goal of reading one personal development and one fiction book per month, um, because I think having that mix is really important. Um, whilst a fiction book might not on a surface level look as though it's relevant to my role actually just engaging with language looking at things outside of my um job 
but also giving myself that kind of creative free thinking time to stimulate new ideas and new ways of working I think is really important too um, and to Molly's point leadership and particularly as we're entering another year of a bit of an unknown in terms of what's going to happen with virtual working I don't want to say it but you know hybrid working who knows and I think as leaders we're going to be tested more than ever to keep the momentum going with the good habits that we've been trying to implement um, and so I think that that's going to be a real area of focus for me too. The audience members that didn't get it at the start both Molly and Ali are from CIM itself so their employer is CIM they're on the CIM podcast and Meta because they are employed by CIM so your employer will be very Happy to hear from you two that you're both clearly prioritising your learning. You understand how you learn best and you understand where you can add value rather than going off at tangents and learning about things that perhaps are, are, are less useful to you. How do other organisations work out how to get people who understand learning like you? How do they manage to ensure that the focus on learning is maintained and is efficient and workable in the ways that you have described? I think it's about broadening their horizons. As we've discussed, learning can look like so many different things. There's so many ways to do it. But for a lot of organisations, it still looks like sending someone on a training course or getting them to sign up for a qualification, which is a fantastic thing to do. But recognising other habits that people might have picked up, particularly during lockdown, I think that has been quite a positive um, thing in helping people to look at new ways of learning where they might not be able to go and attend a face-to-face -face training course, you know, encouraging them to engage with different methods. So I would say look to what your staff are already doing and what they've picked up, learn from them as much as they can hope to learn from you and look at embedding some practices that maybe they have already picked up. Um, and I would also say reward learning you know, take the time to acknowledge what someone is doing. And if it, to, to Molly's earlier point about, you know, signing up for something that may be something outside of her job role, it's still relevant. You're still going to be bringing those skills in. And even the fact that you're proactively showing that you're engaging with learning is a really valuable asset, not just for that individual, but for that kind of positive learning environment that that creates for others. So recognise it, you know, get them to share takeaways from things that they've learned that might look like it's immediately kind of outside of their remit and give them a platform to share their experiences and encourage others to do the same. I think employees are going to be the biggest advocates for creating that really positive space where learning can flourish. Is it a bit one dimensional still, do you think, for too, too many organisations, Molly? You know, they sort of send 50 people uh, to Birmingham for three days and, and, and that's the end of it for their uh, sort of their training and learning program for their organisation. I think potentially it is yeah we often poll our social media followers to find out when was the last time they attended, attended a training course and often large portions of them it's been years um, or since they've done any sort of training but I think it's part of um, a few podcasts back that someone was speaking about the growth mindset and I think that's really important if you as an organisation um, really sort of live and breathe that growth mindset you're employees will as well and they'll go away and they'll find their own stuff they'll keep it fresh and exciting like Ali was talking about so I think it's creating that culture of learning I think it, it can be difficult but it's really important I think if you're someone that is leading an organization or maybe maybe you're not maybe you're just within an organization I think sharing and talking about the things that you're doing will encourage other people to do it as well. So Ali I think it's clear, isn't it? That what we've learned today is don't be scared of the learning challenge. There are ways to do it that will work for you, but you've got to go on that journey of self-discovery to work out 
what works for you to make it easy for yourself and fun and interesting for yourself. It's important that it's interesting. Um, if you do that first, then learning becomes a natural part of your life. It becomes an enjoyable part of your life. As far as organisations are concerned, they need to recognise that, that not everyone learns in the same way. There are different ways to doing it. And it's not and learning and training shouldn't be siloed. It should be something that we do naturally as part of our part of our job. You know, you you referenced uh, earlier the digital uh, skills benchmark, which we which we spoke to Dan Rouse about in the last podcast before uh, uh, the Christmas break, and it was it was a pretty it was a pretty depressing picture. Let's be honest, the, the skills had fallen. Um, there was lots of uh, work to do in the sector on bringing those skills back up to scratch. Are you optimistic that actually this year we're going to get to grips with learning a little bit better? understand it better and understand how people learn so we can actually get our skills back to where they need to be. I am optimistic. I think that this is a really exciting opportunity to orient ourselves, set personal and professional goals that work for us and make sure that we've really clearly mapped out what will go into achieving those. I think the challenge that we've spoken about previously of the overwhelm and the overwork in the mix with that is very real and something that we need to contend with and that also the organisations need to take seriously through the methods that we talked about really empowering learning and making it a priority. But I do think overall that marketers do have an opportunity to put their own learning, their own learning habits, their own learning rhythms and resources at the absolute forefront. And I think if we're potentially going to see the great resignation of 2021 continuing into 2022, it's going to be more important than ever. So I think the opportunity is absolutely there to be seized. That sounds like an optimistic start to the new year. Ali Cook, Molly MacArthur, thank you very much. We'll see you again on the CIM podcast very soon. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. CIM Marketing Podcast.